0: Yo, Orlando, guess who's getting hard as a rock? Jay and Silent Bob at the Hard Rock Live on March 16th. Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes will regale you with ribald tales so debaucherous I can't even mention them here. Actually, I just don't know what the fuck you are going to talk about. But prepare your funny boner for some awesome oral. We'll even supply the tissues. Jay and Silent Bob get old at the Hard Rock Live in Orlando on March 16th. Links for tickets for this and all Smodco shows available now at csmod.com. Yo, Detroit. Guess who's coming to save the city on April 13th? Nope, not RoboCop. Jay and Silent Bob, motherfuckers. Smotco's icons are taking the stage at the Redford Theatre, and you are cordially invited to plant your ass there. Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes. No trench coats, no hair extensions, but maybe a reference to Don't Stop Believing." Jay and Silent Bob get old. April 13th at the Redford Theatre in Detroit. Tickets on sale now, so go get them, tiger. Oh, wait, sorry. Lions. Links to tickets for all Smod Co. shows at csmod.com. Biatch. So you're saying to yourself, yo, sir, dude, I wanted to see Kevin Smith in Halifax, Nova Scotia, but the motherfucker sold out. Well, after I shed a tear for you, I highly recommend bookmarking csmod.com. That's the place on the worldwide interwebs to see all upcoming Smodco shows, updated with linky links to ticky tickets. Say it with me, baby. CSmod.com. Nice. Ooh, I just got a little hard there. Yo, Solana Beach, California. Guess who's going to get old live? Not old as in. Christ, on a popsicle stick, this is boring. I'm talking about Jay and Silent Bob Get Old, mo' fuckers. Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes are coming to the Belly Up Tavern on November 22nd. Don't miss the debauchery, Iggy Biggie. Jay and Silent Bob Get Old, recording their podcast live at the Belly Up Tavern in Solana Beach, California, on November 22nd. Get your tickets for this and all other Smodco shows at csmod.com. Red State DVD and Blu-ray available now at coopersdell.com. Get exclusive bundle packages featuring posters, soundtracks, t-shirts, signed scripts, wardrobe used in the film, and a chance to be a guest on air with Kevin Smith via Skype. Red State DVD and Blu-ray exclusive bundles now at coopersdell.com. Smirch alert, smirch alert, motherfucker smirch alert. Go to smodcast.com slash smirchandise to get your official Jay and Silent Bob iPhone 4 cases from Casemate. Choose from three different snoogarific designs. We got soft ones and hard ones. Hey, I'm talking about the cases, bitch. All emblazoned with your favorite Smodco icons, Jay and Silent Bob. Snag your iPhone 4 case for $39.99 and protect the precious smodcast.com slash smerchandise Yo, Canada Jay and Silent Bob are gonna be royally mounting you December 7th in Vancouver December 8th, Edmonton December 9th, Calgary December 10th, Saskatoon and December 11th, Winnipeg their comedic maple syrup's gonna be gushing all over your 10 bits. How's that for a visual, eh? Jay and Silent Bob, get old. Live in the Great White North. Linky links to tickets at smodcast.com slash get old in Canada. So, you're saying, yo, sir dude, I love sir, and I wanna show the world wear your sir love with our official t-shirts biatch fishies have no eyes let us fuck jay and silent bob get old the garmi there's also posters action figures there's so many to choose from grab your smirch at smodcast.com scroll down and click on merchandise. <laughs> Catch live video clips of Jay and Silent Bob Get Old and Hollywood Babylon on the Kevin Smith blog for the Huffington Post. Huff.to slash Kevin Smith blog. That's Huff.to slash Kevin Smith blog. Want early access to tickets for Smodcast Internet Radio's metric fuck-ton of live shows? Join Smodcast. For just four ninety nine dollars a month, you'll get CD-quality audio of every podcast you hear on Sir, ad-free. It's like watching porn without having to fast-forward through that goddamn plot. You'll also get bonus video content and other badass exclusives. Smodcast where Smodcast goes say for pay. All the deets at Smodcast.com.
1: Hey there, ladies and germs. Matt Cohen here. And if you're like me, you like to keep abreast of all the cool and hip things happening with, you know, the kids in society. And today, if you look on the internet or if you... Browse through a periodical, you'll see stuff like uh WikiLeaks, very, very, very hot, Miley Cyrus, everyone knows who she is, and Charlie Sheen. Well, I'll tell you what's cooler than all three of those things combined, Golden Apple Comics. That's right, Golden Apple Comics, serving the Hollywood area for over 25 years. They're located on Melrose Avenue in the heart of all things Hollywood. You can check them out at GoldenAppleComics.com. And let me tell you why they're so cool, folks. They got everything. They got comic books. They got t-shirts. They got action figures. Um, They have crazy exclusive events. They sponsor this little podcast, so, you know, kudos to them. Uh, and, and here's why they're better than Charlie Sheen. They don't hit women. You know what I mean? Well, some, of the char- uh, some of the characters in the store hit women, but those women have superpowers and are evil. So... It, it's allowed i mean some of them don't have superpowers like harley quinn or whatever she's just evil eh, you know that's a questionable maybe batman hits women now that i think about that maybe batman does hit women you know what you should do you should go to golden apple comics or goldenapplecomics.com buy yourself some bat books and do a little bit of sherlockin for yourself find out if batman is a horrible horrible misogynistic uh woman beater or Those gals deserved it. Um, This was a weird place to go with this commercial. We don't condone anything like that. We only condone fun and comic books and Golden Apple Comics. And that's where you should be headed right now before I say something else incredibly offensive. Which will happen if I'm given enough time on a microphone without the words in front of me, which is what's going on right now. GoldenAppleComics.com. Check them out. Don't be a Charlie Sheen. Be a Batman. Maybe. The word is still out on that guy. Golden Apple Comics. I am a green, that's I of the queen. Hey, I'm watching Manhunter, hey, I'm a lover hey, hey, of me. Hey, hey, I'll open your own, I'll open your clean. I love the BPRD, there's a no creepy geek. I got a pool drawer Ooh. at the combo store. I got a discount. Wow. One wow. Alan Moore. All the mark with the mouth, that's what I'm all about. More green, the swamp thing I'm gonna fucking geek out. I love bags and boards because I'm a fucking knocker. I like and what's going on, folks? Welcome to another edition of Bag and Boarded. Matt Cohen here, your uh, host extraordinaire, if I do like to say so myself. Uh, Today is a bit of a different episode of BNB. I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit before we jumped into the action, as it were. Um, if you're a fan of the show or you subscribe, hey, uh, thank you, Aunt Pam. Because I can only assume you share a good amount of blood with me. Uh, not in a creepy sense, but in a genetic sense, which is, I guess, not creepy. It's still kind of creepy, because it's like sharing blood, and that's always, you know, you never want to go into that. But, um, uh, for all of you who do listen to the show, uh, you might have realized that Bagged and Boarded has not been released as regularly as it has in the past, uh, in the last few months, and there's a reason for that, which I would like to explain now. Uh, also, I'm on my shitty portable travel mic. Cause, cause I'm just so busy, guys. You know what I mean? I, I hardly have time to breathe, let alone record intros to podcasts. And sometimes the latter is more important than the former. And I just pass out for like five to ten minutes. It's okay, though, cause I get a lot of work done that way. Um, with the advent of uh, all the new shows I've been producing here on the network, you got more stories with Mr. Jay Moore. You got, uh, Waking from the American Dream with Miss Kelly Carlin. And you've got Team Jack with Mr. Jack Morrissey and, uh, not Mister Greg Yolan, just Greg Yolan. He's a fucking kid. Fuck him. you don't get no title. But uh, it's been fun, man. And I've really been loving this podcast producing thing. Uh, also with the addition of my new weekly live show. In case you folks don't know, I do a show live every Saturday night on uh, Smodcast.com and Smodcast Internet Radio, and it then gets podcasted. Uh, the, show Sm- the show called the show called the show called Midnight, folks. That's what it called. Okay, it ain't it ain't it called anything else. It calls Midnight. You go on and listen to it. Uh the show is called Midnight. Awful. And um I do it every week with Matt Cruz. It's a live fun kind of old school radio show segments. We take calls, we play games, we play music, all that sorts of fun stuff. And uh and that's in the sixth episode we're taking a break for Thanksgiving. But with all this going on, Bagged and Boarded has kind of uh taken taken to the wayside a bit. Now Keep in mind, I love this show. I mean, and it's not like we've been gone forever. The, uh, it was a two-week gap. You guys can deal with it. I mean, you waited how many years for the MASH TV show? I don't know anything about MASH, so I'm assuming the TV show didn't come out right after the movie. There had to have been like a month where you were like, oh, I need this MASH TV show. I know that's how you feel with Bag and Boarded, So stop, collaborate, and listen. I'm about to give you some good news. Uh, Bag and Boarded is not going anywhere, folks. It is, uh, it's, it's pretty much my life. And though I've got Midnight and all these other shows, B &B is the flagship show as you were and i like to say it i like to say flagship because it makes it makes it sound more important and i like to say as it were because i don't have a lot of things to say and i'm making this up as i go along so i insert that uh when there would be a natural pause as it were uh oh guys so much fun so uh bagged and Boarded is back i'm gonna keep doing shows if you subscribe please keep on the feed um taking a week off for thanksgiving uh we're gonna be a little sporadic during new year's but come like january 1st this show is back weekly i am stockpiling so many interviews i've got big guests coming up i've mentioned a few before tommy Wiseau from the room anybody um and just a lot of other really cool stuff i actually have a new concept i want to talk to you folks about to give you a chance to get involved with bagged and boarded if you uh so choose for some reason i uh I, Bagged and Boarded will, will, in my mind, there will be an episode of Bagged and Boarded when I've recorded a great episode with a, with a interesting and fantastic guest. If not, you got Smidnight every week to fill you in on the me gap. Uh, so there will definitely be a weekly podcast, some weeks too, Smidnight and Bagged and Boarded, but, but some weeks it'll just be Smidnight. However, uh, Bagged and Boarded, I, I really, really, really want to put out great quality content on this show. So, uh, we're saving it. You know, I'm not going to just, In the past there have been some times where I'm like fuck we got to record for consistency but honestly guys I I watch TV you know SNL is at its best when it's not been on the air for a couple weeks in a row you know what I mean so let's go with that same theory on this uh if I don't have anything that I think is is worth listening to I won't upload anything that week that being said I would like to have something every week and we're going to strive towards that and to help me achieve that goal I'm going to throw in a little a little contest slash um New opportunity for you. So I chat with lots of amazing celebrities on this show and really interesting and cool people in various uh, and varied you know, fields. And, and like the gentleman today might not be a celebrity, might not be anyone you know of, but such an interesting dude. Awesome conversation. It's that sort of thing. Going along those lines, I know that I have some really interesting fucking listeners out there. I mean, you guys are are a thousand times cooler than me. Most of you actually have sex. So that that right there uh makes you win in the coolness thing like in high school sense you know what i mean not in like life i don't know if we gauge it like that but yeah you definitely yeah you beat me on that front so we won't even get into that however i like you guys you're cool you're suave you know you're into hip music and you drive fast cars i want to get you involved on this show a little bit if we can enter experts of everything and nothing i've mentioned this in the past a little bit i think but I consider myself, uh, Jack Morrissey on Team Jack the other day was talking about declaring a geek master because I had brought up Lord of the Rings and he said every geek's got to declare a master like it were college. You can be into a lot of things, but there's one thing you've got to be into so passionately and so wholeheartedly that it, it takes over your love of everything else. And that, that put me into a little bit of a spin because I, I think there's something damaged with me. I'm like that with a lot of things. You know, my life is kind of the pursuit of uh knowledge and for information and stuff i love and and because of that i've accrued some knowledge about some various fields that uh i'd love to talk about you know like i I, we've never done an episode dedicated to one thing before on this show and that's what i want to get into And, and to help me out i'm calling out to you guys the listeners now if you're in los angeles amazing we could meet up in real life and go get a fucking sandwich at the chocolate shop later all all your dreams will come true if you're not in la Get a phone, Skype me and we can do it this way. Folks, I'm looking for co-hosts. If you're, I'm looking for a listener co-host. If you consider yourself an expert in any of the following subjects, drop me a line, mattedsmodcast.com with a little paragraph about why you think you would make a great co-host for that particular episode. And we'll do it up, you know? We'll, 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 we'll bag and board it up, as they say. And who's they? I don't know. I st- I try to stay away from them. They always have like hoodies on and they're menacing. You know, lots of, like, uh, chains. They just carry chains around. And it's like, I know you don't got a bike. You're going to hit someone with that chain. So fucking stay away. Um, My dog's about to bark. And now. There we go. Um, <laughs> uh, Over the course of my dog barking, if you are an expert in any of the following subjects, drop me a line at mad dot If you are an expert in the Dark Tower book series by Stephen King, the animated show South Park. Hold on one sec. What? Alright, that did it. You just gotta scream really, really louder than like anyone in an apartment building should ever scream, and that's how you got him to stop. If you are an expert in the Dark Tower, South Park, the animated show, the anime slash manga One Piece, the Final Fantasy video game series, Super Mario RPG, the specific video game, Hellboy, uh, the program Mr. Show, the sketch comedy show from HBO back in the day, the country Japan, uh, the Muppets, and I'm missing a couple more, but I'll post them, I'll post them online. But, uh, if you're an expert in any of those subjects, folks, drop me a line. You you might get to host an episode of B. Um, you might not. I mean, it's all, it's like a college admissions thing, but like you get to, at least you get to like hang on to that. You know what I mean? You have something to live for for the next week. Here are the subjects right now. I'll get some clarification for you guys. Cause we're professional here. I don't know if someone told you, or if you were wondering, like, oh, no, no, is this a professional show? Yeah, yeah, semi-pro, semi-pro. I'm not going to say we're, we're the big leagues, but we're, we're getting there. We got ball boys and shit, like, and fancy logos. Folks, if you are an expert in any of the following subjects, Dark Tower, South Park, the band Fish, the animated manga or manga One Piece, Lord of the Rings, either the novels or the film or the whole universe, Hellboy, the television show Twin Peaks, Final Fantasy video game series, Vinyl Toys, Archaeology, Super Mario RPG, Mr. Show with Bob and David, Marijuana, Muppets, Disneyland, or Japan. Drop me a line, mad at We're going to do this up, folks. And by do it up, I mean... Put out a podcast, which is so less exciting than what do it up could possibly mean. There are so many things that could you could fucking go run a marathon, you know? Let's do it up. Let's go run a marathon. I didn't mean that. I meant just fucking talk about geek shit. So don't get too excited, but get very excited. Um another reason to get excited, folks, I uh I'm a full time podcaster now. This is what I do for a living. When I went to high school I didn't know uh this is what I would do because I don't think podcasts existed yet. So in the same sense, I'm sure people who are like laser farmers in the year 2040, who are like five right now, they got no clue they're going to be laser farmers because they're, they're like, what's fucking laser farming? Am I farming lasers or am I farming with lasers? You'll find out in about 30 years, guys. Uh, just like I found out about the podcast thing in the last couple of years. And, um, I'm not the only one out there who, who, who makes their living, uh, through the podcasting world. And I got the chance to sit down with a gentleman. Uh, you might not know him specifically, but you definitely know his output. Um, I actually got a ch- uh, sat down with him on a show on his network called The Wolf Den, which might be a little bit of a hint, to chat about the business of podcasting. And I say business because my dog is barking, and I meant to say business. Muddy See, that one I didn't scream. I just went like, Muddy! That's a weird one too, but it works. You gotta, if you have a dog, you know. Um, we talked about the business of podcasting, and I thought to pay it back, I'd like to have this dude on my show and get a little deeper into it. You know, this is, this is pretty much my life, and, uh, there's not many other people out there who could say the same thing, so I thought we'd have some shared experiences, and his story kind of parallels mine in some eerie ways, and I think it just makes for an interesting chat. If you've listened to the show and ever enjoyed it and thought what it was like behind the scenes, you're about to find out. Uh, I got a chance to sit down with Mr. Jeff Ulrich, executive producer and co-founder of the Earwolf Podcast Network. Uh, you know them from such shows as Comedy Bang Bang, How Did This Get Made, uh, Analyze Fish, the, the uh, Scott Ackerman, uh, excuse me, Scott Ackerman, the uh, Scarborough Crown Country. So many fun things. You know them, you love them, and we're about to find out uh, what it's like in the day-to-day world of a full-time podcaster. Is that, so, without further ado, take it away me all right folks and here's the man of the hour the gentleman i was just talking to you about i'm sure you know his work uh if you are a listener of this show and and that would mean you listen to every podcast on the internet because if you listen to mine what the <laughs> fuck the fuck else do you have to do with your life uh ladies and gentlemen please welcome to back to border mr jeff ulrich thank you matt how thanks are you for dude? having me no worries man thanks for having me i should say uh well i'll peel behind the curtain a little bit we're at earwolf right. studios right now thank you
2: for accommodating you were, you were, my j- shitty schedule
1: yeah no no believe me this is better than at my apartment with my dog barking right. which would have been the <laughs> alternate so it were it worked out for for both things um you i came in and you said you were a little bummed this week uh do you want to talk about what happened sure i mean you know it's
2: uh city decides that they're going to repave our street i live in echo park okay and i live um a half a mile from some you know decent gang activity but
1: for those Never not, from us. yeah, for people not from LA Echo Park, is hipsters and like the hard, most hardcore gangsters you've ever seen split yes. by like a coffee shop in the middle. <laughs> exactly. Like some towns <laughs> have that railroad track. There's like a hipster right. coffee shop, yeah. and then don't go on the other fucking side of that. Right. Finish your latte over here, you know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so where I live is like uh it's a dead end street at the top of the hill. It's you know it's pretty safe and serene. I think is even a fucking applicable word, uh, but. The city was going to pave our streets, so we weren't allowed to park in the driveway or on the street. And so I had to park on a side street. My brand new two-month-old Prius that I didn't want to buy, but my wife's pregnant, and so you
1: didn't want to buy it because do you hate Prius as much as I do? No, oh, okay. I have Let's to not say go into that. Yeah, we should. <laughs>
2: No, I, you know, my wife, she has to go out of town sometimes for work. So right when on. the baby's here, she didn't want me trying to to take care of a baby without a means of transportation. No, of course, yeah. yeah, So I buy the car that I don't fucking want. And let money me, money I don't have. And
1: I'll just say, I I don't hate the Prius. For people who drive a Prius, it's not that I hate it. And and I great, I love that it's silent for you. But when a fucking car materializes in front right, of me like yeah. some Houdini thing, <laughs> I wish they had like a bell on a. Prius. It's the most yeah, quiet yeah. fucking random. Yeah, yeah. The, like, I'm always careful. On the road. All right. Dogs don't know you're there. No, knows you're there. You be yeah, really they're, they're dead silent. All right. Yeah. So your wife convinced you to buy a car. You got a baby. Yeah. Makes so
2: buy the buy the, the the car in two months. In, uh, parked on the side street, completely stripped, ripped off, broken into, um, like
1: tires and everything. Like they stripped? left it.
2: They okay. No, they left okay. the tires. They stole the headlights. Okay. They stole the the airbag. They stole the airbag out of the steering column. They stole the side mirrors. And they made a mess of the sh- the seats and tore them up and they're ripped and all that shit. And that's, that's it.
1: So this wasn't someone breaking in for, like, your cell phone charger. They wanted parts they of left, your car. They left the
2: cell phone charger. That's awesome. They left the 86 cents. That's awesome. And all they right. left the garage door opener, thank God.
1: Okay, so we got lucky on that part. We did, yes. So there's not, unless it, um, they're either chopping it for parts, or there's just a really weird thief out there who's walking around with, like, a fucking airbag necklace right, right now. <laughs> Headphone, uh, headlights on his head and shit. Well, that, you know, that...
2: the police officer who who wouldn't come to the scene, they only oh, do so this on the man. phone now. Okay. Um, He said he's never heard of this with the Prius, and the same thing at the car dealership show. The bitch of it all, though, is that it would have been safe in my nice, you know, suburban driveway, except for this street, the paving, street paving, right? that they then didn't do. So uh, they didn't even show up to do the fucking job. That caused Yeah, The city so, owes you
1: money, dude. Si- that's how I feel. That's what right.
2: the cop The cop told me I should Over send, the phone send the cop was like to... just fucking
1: call this I love yeah. that they don't even come to the scene anymore.
2: No. No, they and I'm like, so what about the police report? And he's like, I, oh, you know, I'll mail it to you. You'll get it in about a week. He's like, unless you want to take a cab and pick it up, you know, in three days. And I'm like, you know, you just put it in the mail. That's fine. <laughs>
1: whatever, At what, your leisure officer, yes. obviously. So, uh, yeah. So thanks for listening. No worries, to my story. dude. No, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry that happened. I only, and I, it kind of rings true because the reason I was a few minutes late coming up here because I block, um, I parked a few blocks away a little, a little bit early to read a book or whatever. And, uh, the first spot I parked at, I am, I looked to my left and there were three people smoking crack about five feet. Wow. By my car. So that was awesome. So yeah. So I, I, to... I
2: live in, I live in a gang territory and my office is in a cracked neighborhood. Apparently. I mean, not
1: only in certain directions. Like right. if you go north, oh, it's fucking beautiful. There's yeah. movie stars and, and caviar. But uh, one block away, I was like in Grand Theft Auto. I did, do- I dodged like four drug deals. I saw like two cop cars. Right. I love L.A. Man, uh, <laughs> sarcastically. Where are you from originally? I'm though? from Chicago,
2: outside of Chicago, Rolling you... Meadows, Illinois.
1: Okay, so very different than uh, the mean streets of Echo Park. Yes, exactly. Right?
2: Yes, very much so. Uh,
1: what, what were you a geek growing up? I mean, what what, what was your thing as a kid?
2: Uh, I was I was a hybrid. I I didn't know that I was supposed to be one thing. So I was a big geek in the sense that I was a big uh, puzzle guy. I put lots of puzzles. Together. Like jigsaw puzzles jigsaw puzzles oh that's with, awesome you know the, the, the puzzle glue and I'd frame this shit up i do that shit
1: too I, I did a puzzle about a month ago But my problem was I, I was like, fuck it, I don't need the glue I'll do it after And then I realized that didn't work Right. So I basically flipped it over And had to put the entire puzzle back, back together, together Upside down <laughs> And then tape it No, that's hard Yeah, yeah it wasn't yeah. fun
2: <laughs> It wasn't fun Made me regret my decision Right So you were. Uh, so I do puzzles I, I would play a lot of board games But not like uh, shitty board games Like, you know, uh, Monopoly, uh, Risk Axis and Allies, Talisman, Acquire—very kind of strategic board games yeah, 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 But yeah. I still to this day think Axis and Allies has taught me more about business than my business degree did.
1: Axis and Allies was—I think that's the one I loved. Was that where it was a map of the world? Yep. That game was incredible. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that game. That was a f- that was a hour. precursor to like Red Alert and like all these kind of real time yep. strategy games on yeah, the computers. exactly. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: So I play all that kind of like literally high school would be me and my best friend and his brother. Um, they worked at the Baskin Robbins across the street for their house, so I would help them clean up the store so they could get out of there early at ten, so we could go and play these games until like four in the morning, then go help them with the paper route. Like I was a, I was an idiot. Yeah, I was doing all she this work. She just wanted for you them, wanted friends I, to play board games. Yeah, right? and yeah. I couldn't, you know, who else wanted to stay home in high school and play these games? Nobody. So between that and like my baseball card obsession, I would definitely say you're a geek, <laughs> sir.
1: You don't even have to go further than the than the fact right. that that happened in high school. <laughs> in high school, that, yeah. Th- th- that's awesome, though. So you were, but I also was
2: on like the varsity baseball team, which is yeah, and that's I was kind a big of an athlete. Enigma. And you know, I so
1: you know, I don't know. Did they give you shit for that? Like the guys on the baseball team? No, they didn't call you like stratego or something. No, <laughs> no, I, I held my own. Right on, dude. Yeah, You were good. Tongue. You were good enough that that you couldn't get made yeah. fun of, right? Yeah, that's awesome. What, uh, at what point did your, in- what did you originally, um, and, I only say originally because I don't think any of us involved in podcasting yeah. had any idea that this would, right. no one knew what it fucking was. The word right. didn't exist. People yeah. would have looked at you like a crazy person. Right. What did you want to be uh, when you grew up in such a great... I wanted to be
2: the youngest general manager in the history of Major League Baseball. Okay. That was my goal.
1: Right on. Where does
2: one like go to college for that? Bowling Green State University. Is that like... was, When I was in school, which I, I went to school starting in 92, college, I went to NIU. Um, the only school in the country that offered a sports management degree was Bowling Green State in Maumee, I believe. Or no, it, sorry, Maumee is where the stadium was, um, in Bowling Green, Ohio. So I went to Northern, and my goal was to transfer as a sophomore to get into this program. And, and you
1: knew this from how old that you wanted to be the GM? Probably since I was 13. Okay, right on. So you weren't the kid who wanted to hit the grand slam. Like you, there were two movies that came out when I was a kid, two baseball movies. One was Rookie of the Year, right, where the dude's arm broke and he yeah. became an amazing fucking ace pitcher, right. And the other one was, um, ah, fuck, I can't remember the name of it, but it was a kid became the manager of a team, yeah, yeah. And that was the boring one, <laughs> right. You were that dude. That's <laughs> well, awesome. I mean, yes, I, I was. <laughs> you didn't go for the I, glory. You went for that. Like, you want? You were a strategist. Man. I was, yeah. Like when I was 15,
2: I was in a rotisserie baseball league. With nine lawyers <laughs> and the youngest of which was probably like 38 years old. And, uh, they tried stiffing me. I won the league and they tried That's stiffing awesome. me actually. But, um, so I've always been numbers oriented, analytical and strategy. It seems like <clears throat> strategic. Too. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So that was what I wanted to do. So, uh, and you went to school for that and how? No, I didn't. So, uh, what happened was I ended up going to interview with the Toledo Mudhens, which is the Detroit Tigers AAA team for an internship. And it was me against 70 other people, and they did one day of, of round robin interviews, and, uh, I, I got off for the job. It was amazing because. And I, a management I, position? No, this is like 60 hour week intern. Okay, due, just any job. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I even would have had to be Muddy the Mud Hen for a couple days That's when the awesome. guy went on vacation. What's a Mud Hen? Like a chicken? I, you know, honestly, I, I don't know exactly what a Mud Hen. I should know. We should find out. What yeah. a Mud Hen is. Um, but that's, uh, it's the hat that, uh, what's his name? Jamie Farr wears in MASH.
1: And I've definitely seen it on like MLB, the show when I'm playing like triple A teams. Right. So, like, yeah, that yeah. name made sense. So, yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: So, uh, somehow I was a sophomore in college and somehow I beat out these MBA guys who were all trying to get this job and it's so hard to get jobs in baseball. They don't pay anything. Um, and I got the job, but unfortunately I didn't have enough money to take the job because to- I would have had to move to Toledo and go work at Red Skelton Stadium for three months without making a penny when I, I didn't have enough to get an apartment yeah, yeah, or, yeah. you know, anything. And I tried to raise some money, and it didn't really work. So uh I wound up not taking the job and got turned off during the strike. So when the strike came in 94... I gave up on baseball.
1: So that was it, right there. You, your your GM
2: dreams were dashed. They were dashed until '96 when uh, I when they came back. I <laughs> tried to I tried to get a job with the Yankees. I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to try.
1: I mean, if you're going to try one more time, that's a good organization no, to try, try for. Yeah. So, I'm a Met fan, so I'm going uh, to not go into that fucking discussion. But I can I can see where you were going for. It. I yeah. I
2: won't tell the whole story, but basically, I actually got an interview with George Steinbrenner, wow. and he stood me up. Did he really? Yes, at La Cirque <laughs> in Manhattan.
1: Wow, so you sat, you were at Le Cirque by yourself, and they waiting, and you were like, "No, I swear, George Steinbrenner's coming." No, and after No, he a while, had the reservation. Okay, that they made it better. He sat me at his okay. table, and he never came. It would have been better, It would have been funny if it were the other way around. And by the end right. of the night, the waiters were like, "Yeah, yeah. that guy's waiting for fucking George right. Steinbrenner." <laughs> sure. Uh, so Steinbrenner stood you up, and that—I mean—that yes. must have been like kind of that wake-up call. Yeah. yeah, that was it.
2: I was like, you know, if I can't get this done, i, I had videotaped myself every day. For 37 days in a row, pretending like Steinbrenner was giving me an interview. That's awesome. Wearing my suit and, you know, sit on my parents' couch. That's a level of madness I have to respect. You know, and so every day for 37 days, new video, same suit, because I only had one suit. (laughs) And I would send my resume, my business card, the list of the 25 reasons why the Yankees couldn't survive without me and this new tape and it got you
1: a meeting though at and least. it got
2: me a meeting with some, well that it, he it, didn't show up at however exactly yes did you get to, to eat anything no i i just left i was so disappointed <laughs> I've been like fuck you steinbrenner
1: off. i was five bottles of champagne <laughs> like
2: <laughs> yeah so uh anyways, so that was finally i was like you know what this is just not meant to be and i'm done with
1: baseball and you were still living in chicago at this time yes. just kind of traveling around to different teams trying to get involved so once baseball was out of the picture yeah. w- what, what was the next what was up next for you
2: then i uh ended up moving to new york working as a management consultant i helped uh fortune five 5- this is gonna be so unpopular go for it i helped fortune 500 companies uh pay their executives right Executive on. compensation which turned Don't out to be a horrible yeah, horrible <laughs> right even now. then like no, obviously, No, no, no it's, of it's bad, but even then, it was considered the second oldest profession. So, it uh, I learned a lot, but I, I was only there for thirteen months because I didn't enjoy. Was it
1: like soul shattering? It in the sense I that you want to be involved with like baseball and like you love like games and shit, and all of a sudden you're thrown into such a corporate, uber corporate world that you're right. dealing with rich people. How to get rich people richer? Kind of.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, I. I'll say I shouldn't, I fuck it, it's been so long. Imclone was the company that got Martha Stewart sent to jail. Yeah, for absolutely. Her yeah. Training, right? They were my first client meeting. It That's was two, funny. two brothers who founded the company. And they basically hired us to justify to their board why they should get like these $20 million stock option <laughs> grants since they were so important. And it was a horrible deal. And I think, uh, we, we actually didn't recommend it, but that was my first experience.
1: What, what was the asset you brought to that situation though? Your, your uh, negotiation skills? Your... None. I, what happened
2: was I did a cold like show up at this, I showed up at this, this guy's office. It was like a 15 person company, Frederick W. Cooking Company. And I showed up and I forced them to give me an informational interview because I was looking for a job. And so three people talked to me just to be nice. And then I get a call from a recruiter saying they want to bring you back. And I'm like, well, they said there was no job. And, well, there isn't a job, but they want to talk to you. So I met with the, the head guy the next day, the first thing in the morning. And uh, he asked me why he was meeting with me. And I said, because you need me. And he said, why do I need you? And I said, well... You know, you guys hear the 25 reasons you can't yeah. survive without me. <laughs> no, I, they were actually custom, Matt. I did not just. Uh, okay. uh, the
1: Dodgers have a sick lineup this year. You'll be right. fucked. No. Okay.
2: <laughs> I, I had just watched the uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer claymation special. Okay, yeah,
1: the re- the Rankin Bass. Yeah.
2: So I, uh, I'm like, well, you know, your company is kind of like an island of misfit toys, and I kind of feel like Rudolph, and you know, I, I think differently than most people. I try higher than most people, and uh, I think that you, your company does the same. And I think I would really fit in here, whereas I probably wouldn't fit in a lot of other places. And by the end of the day, he had hired me without asking the opinion of the other eight people he had had an interview with all day. So I was on the shit list. Before my first day, oh shit! Because I oh, yeah. was the golden child who had been selected. It was fuck everyone. He, what
1: everyone else thought he, he, he didn't you. even. He just he didn't even mentioned mess. the Rudolph special, guys. <laughs> exactly. Drop a Misfit Toys reference in there. So, uh, so that was yeah. your cor- that was your corporate world experience yeah. for like thirteen months.
2: And then I went on to become a baseball card dealer on eBay.
1: Okay, dude, you've had you've had quite the life so far, my friend. Yeah, yes, I, uh, I have. Uh, baseball card dealer on eBay. How long did that last for? Was it two fun? and a half years? The problem with that
2: was the timing. You know, when I did it, this was 97, So eight, they were nine. still
1: kind of worth money almost, right? Well,
2: the, the card business was great. The problem was, is that I'm holding eBay. Uh, no one, Holding yeah, exactly. my iPhone right now. I literally had to live in my room waiting for emails to come through my computer. I couldn't live a life outside of my desktop full
1: time on eBay. Yeah.
2: What I did was I created this broker environment where all I did was make money by connecting the major dealers with what I would consider penny stock investors. So it used to be really hard to buy 500 of one particular type of card. So if you want 500 Randy Johnson, 89 tops traded, it was hard to find 20 of them, much less 500, right? Well, what I did was I made relationships with the top 10 dealers in the country who would go and they would buy. You know, a thousand cases of 89 tops traded just to make money on the Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, right? Because
1: they knew they, you could do the math. Right? You could do the math yeah, and yeah. it would be
2: like, boom, boom, boom. I can make my 30% and I'm done. They would then have whatever, 5,000 of 131 other cards. Dudes, that uh... they would then sell to QVC for three cards for a penny, no matter what it was, because it wasn't worth them dicking around, right? So what I did was I cultivated relationships then with all these investors, I'll call them, who would love nothing more. Than to pay a premium to buy these cards that are pristine, just taken out of a case, you know, a week ago, and buy five hundred thousand at once, like it's like it's stock. So I would set up these twenty-four hour blind auctions where I would get new inventory in. I would pay cash at a discount, so I'm getting a great deal from the dealers. I send the email out to my fifty investors, and they're paying a premium to have access to this. So in one day, I'm making That's like genius, 70%. Dude, you were like
1: short trading. You were like day trading baseball cards. Well, no. Like. I was
2: actually the market maker, which is even no, better because yeah, yeah, I wasn't yeah.
1: taking were, any no, of the absolutely. risk. absolutely.
2: So I was making 70% on a transaction without actually being out the money for more than a couple days.
1: But the drawback being you could never leave your house.
2: <laughs> because then if the, if I'm not there, I'm providing liquidity. So no, totally. if a dealer expects me to take the cards off his hands and I'm not there... He'll go find someone else. You're sucked, to do. And there goes
1: your entire business. So, so two I two years of that I lived
2: in my apartment in Hoboken. And all I did <laughs>
1: Which is a lovely place to be. It is.
2: Concerned. I actually and that's when and we spoke about this previously, that's when I got addicted to view skewboards.
1: and you said when you were you were so you were sitting at home on a computer all day and that's when you discovered the world of message boards and Exactly. That's awesome. and you would post and you'd read all day long. And I, I was a voyeur. I okay, didn't, I didn't
2: post. So you were a lurker.
1: We we used to call I was a lurker. It. You were a lurker. Yeah, you yeah. never posted. I don't know I if I ever did I always found or that not. kind of creepy, only in the sense that, and not not saying you're creepy, sir, which okay. you're not. Uh, it might be a little creepy. I don't know you that well. <laughs> uh, but only in the sense that I don't think I could ever – there's any conver- – uh, you know what? There's some conversations I wouldn't want to jump into, and I don't want to say what they are. But right. like the ones I overheard on my walk here from my car, yeah, yeah. I wasn't fucking chiming in on those. Right. But just if if people are talking about something I love, I just feel like I have such a big mouth that I always chime in. You know right. what I mean? It shows such restraint to be able to look, be like, I'm just watching. Right. I think it just came down to um
2: I enjoyed – Reading what other people had to say, but I didn't necessarily want to engage my, my time no, yeah. in what other people wanted to discuss. so Makes sense,
1: man. So uh, your time was too busy being engaged in, like, fucking baseball cards 24 hours a day. Yeah. That and, and but it worked for you for a couple of years, right? You made a good, you made good money. You I made, good, I
2: survived. You know, like it wasn't like there was huge money in it, but I made enough money to get by basically. So we're at ninety. Mm-hmm. What year now? Like ninety-seven.
1: I gave up the baseball
2: card thing in two thousand.
1: Okay, so let's jump. So two thousand to now. What else? What else before? Real quick, I arrived was a, here. I, yeah? I was a,
2: a, in charge of operations and finances for an educational software company in Chicago, uh, and then I was unemployed for. Nine months, and then I worked at UBS, uh, which is an investment bank in. You've had Stanford, like a various
1: different kinds of jobs, dude. You're like, I worked for this, I worked for a Fortune 500 company, and I ran a carnival you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh So, yeah. <laughs> so you'd worked all these corporate jobs. I mean, you've obviously had had quite a a background in Crash Course in how to how to manage a company, as it were. Um now we're cut to like two thousand and six or seven, is it, or or for Earwolf? For, yeah, later even, right? Yeah,
2: no, that was just uh eighteen months ago.
1: Okay, eighteen months ago. Now before that had you what was the first time you heard the word podcast? Do you remember?
2: I don't necessarily remember the exact time. I know that the first podcast I listened to was Mark Marin's trip to New Mexico when he interviewed Zach Galifianakis in his trailer on the set of Due Date. I okay. Think. Or was it due date, yeah, um, it sounds like due date, yeah, yeah, so, and it was a two parter, and I that was the first podcast I' had ever heard,
1: see, and I think I think I came to it, I think I came to it a, a bit earlier than you, my whole thing with this, and I try to remember back now, I think it's one of those things like podcasts, blogs, twitter, it's these words, you probably hear them five hundred times before you actually know what they are,
2: right, right, you know what I mean. Yeah.
1: Because I remember a time when I didn't know the difference between a blog and a podcast, and I was like, "Oh, it's some fucking thing people do on the yeah, internet." Yeah, and wikis, don't forget about wikis. Oh, wikis, yeah. all that shit, dude. Yeah, and and then uh, the first time I went out and listened to one, I believe it was Ricky Gervais. Right. And this is gonna be like going back like five years now or something. Yeah. And then from that, I discovered like Adam and Joe, uh, the guy who wrote like Attack the Blog. Joe Cornish. Joe Cornish he he was and on Adam Comedy Buxton. Bang Bang. He was okay, on awesome, shows, dude. Yeah. He's he's incredible. Uh, he had a podcast called The Adam and Joe Show. Right. Which was like, I listened Don't to Don't they it. still have it? They've been on hiatus because he's so busy with right, that Tinkin right. and, and every movie ever yeah. made. You know what right. I mean? <laughs> right. But uh, it, it was also, I think it was XFM, which is like their British digital radio right. thing where Gervais got his start. Yeah, yeah. I think Gervais might have been the first guy to break in podcasting.
2: Yeah, he was, for sure. Well, I would say for sure, but at least in comedy.
1: In comedy, because I know that, like, Adam Curry, the the MTV VJ, he's been doing it for, like, 18 years or some shit. He used to do it on a ham radio. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) He used to hate a podcast in a can and a string. Right. Uh, No, but Gervais Gervais was a popular podcaster before The Office. Right. I know. So that was really the first time I became super, super aware. Um... And then it was just kind of off to the races. Now it certainly wasn't like it is now. Right. Back in the day, like I remember there were like four podcasts I listened to. There's I, you couldn't you would need a 5,000 hour week to listen to all right. the awesome yeah. interesting podcasts on the internet now. Yeah. It's fucked Absolutely. up. Absolutely. Uh so the first one you heard was Mark Myron's show. You were at this point living where? I was in uh Echo Park where I am now. Okay, so you're out in LA already though. Yeah,
2: and I was a business manager. Okay. So I was basically trying to manage people's financial lives and their general responsibilities
1: at what point did you did uh, the the brain start working that there could be a, a mingling of your business side and the podcast thing when well, did you there realize was, it was an it was a thing
2: there was two parts one was that the business management ultimately was failing I didn't enjoy it and therefore I wasn't as good at it or at least as good at marketing myself as it as I would have needed to be to be successful. And so what I thought about doing was, I mean, it went beyond thought. Um, I started putting together my own business podcast for comedians. So what I was going to do, which it never, even, I never even did one episode because this other thing happened. But, uh, like I would have Jay Johnson on as a client of mine. And then bring in an accountant to talk about the do's and don'ts and whether or not you should incorporate as an actor. So
1: an act, so you were going to give an actual, like a, like an informa- informative business podcast for comedians who are notoriously bad with money.
2: Exactly. Which is kind of an
1: awesome idea. Still, you know, you know what yeah, I mean? To yeah. To bring yeah.
2: together, and I would moderate these conversations between the talent and the casting director to talk about, you know, best practices on how to blah, blah, blah. Booking agents.
1: The e- whole, every aspect, every aspect of, it. No, aspect no, totally.
2: of business. Um, because I thought A it would be a lot of fun, and B it would be great for my business. It would get me some more exposure and all. The same reason a lot of people start podcasts. of course, yeah. And it was literally during that exact time when Jason Nash, do you know, Jason Nash, I don't know Jason, he had a studio that he had put together in his house, and so he offered for me to use it whenever I wanted to do my podcast, which is great. And I still I need to take him to dinner. <laughs> um, but uh that was when Jerry Miner invited me to any because he was guest hosting comedy Death Ray, which is now Comedy Bang Bang.
1: And you knew Jerry through ma- managing comedians? Jerry was a
2: client of mine. Okay. Yeah. And he and I had met back in Chicago in 96 when I was studying at Second City and he was performing main stage.
1: There. Okay. So you, you have taken improv. So you are a comedy nerd. Like, because you seem to, you're on the view of board, which definitely makes right. you a comedy nerd. Yeah. You know what I mean?
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely. Uh... So
1: like, were you a fan of, of and Comedy Death Ray at that point, it was a, a podcast version of a show that Scott Ackerman had been doing for years live in New York, right? Live or, here, live in LA. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah, yeah.
2: Started off at M um, Bar, I believe, right in 2002, and then I think moved to UCB at two, in 2005. Um, and it wasn't necessarily like a, a podcast version of the live show so much as that he thought it would be more of like a, a promotional tool, t- uh, promotional tool for, for the, live, the show. live show. Yeah. And basically, what changed his life, my life, everyone who's affiliated with Earwolf was one of the people at the station who was before my time I don't even know who it was had said, "You know what? Uh maybe not with the interviews. Why don't you actually do comedy?" And that changed everything. All of a sudden people wanted to do the show more, people listened to it more, and that has influenced every every show we have.
1: And I'm I'm going to get to that because you guys definitely have uh like uh we'll we'll get to all the shows but you sure. guys definitely take take i don't want to say risks but you you you're not so strict with the traditional podcasting format like a lot of people in, in not even the comedy section but just in all of it our words right. a chat show a bunch of people talking um so you you sat in on this uh, episode of comedy death ray and and scott
2: wasn't even there that okay. was the whole reason jerry was there was scott couldn't make it so okay, he was right, guest on. hosting yeah yeah and uh, i started asking the engineer there a lot of questions about the show i thought it was really funny um And found out that they had had uh, like a million downloads in the first nine months with no marketing or or website or, you know, Scott, I think, had like 7,000 followers on Twitter at the time. There was just nothing happening except everyone cared about it. So that was – It was promoting
1: itself. which Exactly.
2: And so that was when the light really went on where I was like, you know what? I really don't want to do this business management. It's not fun trying to be an adult for other people when they don't want to deal with this shit themselves. Um, What am I going to do? And I'm like, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. And it was really that like I went home and I told my wife like, okay, so are you cool? Like, can we have the last of the money? Cause uh, this is what I think is to happen uh, now. And uh, she's like, well, you can't do it on your own and you should, you should talk to Scott about partnering. So um, Jerry set that meeting up for Scott and I and, we met on March 14th, 2010 in my apartment, and uh, I said, look, I think I can put an organization around your show so that it's more than a hobby, and we can really promote it and get more people caring about it. And he's like, yeah, that sounds great. I'm going to South by Southwest. Let's meet back here in two weeks, same time, and let's talk about the details. During those two weeks is when I then basically taught myself everything I could about podcasting um, and put together a 14-page presentation for him. Saying like, fuck this minimal stuff. Let's do a network and I explain why we should do this together, how it will work and the benefits of it. And after two hours, he's like, yeah, let's do it. So, uh, we went to the red lion and got dinner and agreed to start Earwolf.
1: And Earwolf was born. Where'd the name come from? Scott
2: picked the name. We fought over the name for at least a month. I'm embarrassed now to think how much goddamn fucking wasted time went into that over- name and finally he he checkmated me. He was very bright. He's always very bright. Um he's like, "Look, we can't agree on anything. So why don't we make a deal? One of us, at least one of us has to love the name, whatever it is. The other one has to abide by it. Like that's the best we're going to do at this point." And I'm like, oh, "You know what? That's that's, that's really fair." fair. No problem. He's like, "I say Earwolf. I love it." And he had just heard me say five minutes before. I'm like, I don't hate it, <laughs> and so you and fucking so, dug your own grave. So I was like, okay, I buy, buy. Yep. I was, I wanted articulate fools, which he hates fools. Like he thinks it's a condescending term for comedians. But my thing was, I was already thinking like, I want articulate chefs, articulate, you know, everything, cause everything,
1: because and, and you you're, and let's get to it. I mean, from so from the birth of Earwolf, originally it was just Comedy Death Ray, which has now become Comedy Bang Bang, right? Right um what was what are what was the second show on the network scarborough country scarborough country was. just the scar brother show yeah it's a
2: sports based show i mean you know it's their comedy through the lens of sports they, but it's
1: sports right there so immediately yeah. off the bat you went from comedy to sports was yes. there ever when you guys launched the network was there a theme to it or you were just like we i want it to be interesting shows regardless of what genre they fall into
2: well okay so here here are the rules um the 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 hosts had to pick the topics and be passionate about them themselves we weren't casting okay okay because we didn't think it would work for us to come up with something we thought was an interesting idea and then try and force it upon someone who was talented so it has to be coming from a, a, you know the passion of the, the host uh number 2 was that they were all going to be comedy and all based on the sensibility of essentially what scott had created with the live show that has had probably over a thousand different types of comedians perform. Um, and I shared his sensibility with what I thought was funny is what he thought was funny. And we agreed that we would have, you know, like that not all comedies create equal and not that like there's something wrong with other people's kind just so much as that we have our style. You have a very specific kind of comedy and we, yeah, I mean, and we yeah. like that and that we're going to be consistent with that. I mean, we've turned down shows not because the, we didn't like the person or the, sh- like there was a show that would have probably been our be- our biggest show overnight if we had done it, but it just didn't fit our
1: style. understood. You wanted to be consistent with the theme with of the network. Else. And I think the, the good networks out there and I don't, I'm not naming names cause it's, but, but do you have that? Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? There's, there's a through line. It's not just random. Right. Uh, uh, whose name can you throw on? There's, there's a comedic sensibility that everyone right. kind of shares. Um, now I first became aware of your network because I'm a Mr. Show, like I'm a massive right. Mr. Show junkie. Right. So that's how I knew Scott Aukerman's work yeah. to begin with, and, and Death Ray through that. And then um again, like you you like it's always been and I don't want to say like the comedy nerd network, but you guys definitely have sort of an improv U C B second city yeah. thing going. And would I be wrong in saying that? No, no, not at all. And that you think that's your audience too that you mostly court?
2: Or do you I don't know that we even court an audience so much as that, um, the audience that finds us tends to be people who are more comedy nerdish, I think. Which is where, awesome. Like, yeah, like well, a... you guys have a much more kind of like mainstream following than we do and probably ever will. Um, but you know, it's just you decide like where you figure you can live. And, no, of where, course, you know, and, that's what you
1: live. And it completely makes sense. Uh, and, <clears throat> and uh, then the shows you have are so varied that, like, I think anyone can, ju- like, um, let's, let's just get to it. Uh, how, wh- what was the succession of, like, you had one show and then you had Scarborough and then how did you get to the shows you're at now? Like,
2: well, we just kept working on being available. Scott did a lot of work on talking to his friends. I started, like, I actually, I was more involved with meeting up with the comedians in the beginning than I am now. Because it became obvious that Scott was really good at that and I was only getting in the way. You know, like. at finding people. I mean, well, no, I'd be like, if we would sit down and have a meeting with somebody, a first meeting, the best case scenario is that they were going to fall, they would love me. Yeah. And they already knew Scott and they love Scott. Worst case scenario, they they're like, who's you. this yeah. guy? So just leave Scott in who's there. Who's running the business know, yeah. that I don't know? And it, it wasn't even personal so much as, like, I just felt like I wasn't advancing things the way Scott could. So, you know, we would talk about people who had approached him or people he had discussed things with. And, yeah, so we went to, like, you know, Howard Kramer approached Scott and said, I want to do this show called Who Charted? And this is kind of the way it would work. And that's now, you know, one of our best shows. No, absolutely, yeah. It's really funny and it grows quickly and, and all that stuff. Um, and then, you know, we, we did Glitter in the Garbage. And then we had Cyber Thug Radio. Um, and then we had a kind of a bit of a, a break over the holidays. Um, I mean, honestly, it, I can't believe it's been 18 months. That's it's what so I mean, it, and to... it's only
1: been 18 months for you guys. That's what's kind yeah. of amazing. I remember one day, I, I forget what show it was, but I I remember looking at the charts and seeing Earwolf, and I was like, "Who the fuck is Earwolf?" Right. And then right. next day, it was like there were three Earwolf shows, and right. then there were seven Earwolf shows. You guys. Like really, really had a had a uh, quick rise, uh, as it were, and I got a, hats off to that. And I oh, think thanks. it's because of the the kind of shows you you chose and the, and the comedians you've, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I hope so. I mean, like the thing that we really
2: try and do is we try and do comedy rather than talking about comedy, and that's the number one thing that I think differentiates us. And you know what you were saying about people who don't have that like through line, you know, to me that's the value is that like if people know that they like a particular show that's on Spodcast Network, then they're likely to, to like another like show. Another oh, it's, show. It's and like they TV, trust It's like, you guys. like a TV
1: network, too. People yeah, have absolutely. their favorites, and that's what you do. You don't, exactly, I, I totally.
2: So they trust you guys, and they're willing to, to sample things and try things just because you're saying, we think this is good. And so that's what we tried to do is say, okay, all of our shows are going to have the sensibility and they're all going to be about doing comedy. I say all about, but it's much more doing comedy than it is just talking
1: about no, comedy. No, totally. And I think to take it even larger, and I will mention some other networks now, but I think we're almost at an atmosphere now where there's, it's you guys with Earwolf, it's Nerdist, it's Modcast, it's Red Band and Joe Rogan stuff, it's the um Marin it's all kind of a, a singular through line at this point. I mean, yeah. it's kind of we be the wheat kind of separated from the chaff, as it right, were. And right. it's like the comedy podcasters. Everyone's done each other's show for the most part. There's tons of crossover stuff. Right. It's like podcast solidarity. That's what yeah. I dig. So yeah. mo- I think if most people enjoy any of the network shows, there's a chance that they won't. They're definitely not going to hate the. You
2: know what I mean? Well, you know what's funny to me is that we all get along way better than our fans do totally which is i don't get it like i literally feel like we need to have some sort of like like a a, middle east summit totally like like, fucking leave them alone well it's also
1: and i remember i think me and you talked about this and i definitely talked about this with chris Hardwick on my show but it's if we don't pull together we'll all die alone it's not like we're in a in in the most solid industry in the world yeah exactly this is all kind of new we're we're the ones who are gonna make it yeah, this is an MGM versus Warner. Brothers. Totally. Where when, yeah. when you can have competition, <laughs> right. like we kind of right. can't afford to, to, comp- yeah. I don't think it is competition. It's, it's almost like pod brothers. You know what I mean? No, I mean, right now
2: it's almost like we have to be in like pop Warner football together and we have Absolutely. to, all of us have to figure out how to play be- well together and, and all improve the time to like beat our heads up against each other when we're playing like fucking college ball for That's you know way the big down ten the line right if
1: that ever even happens <laughs> if that happens, ever happens which it is, is, it would be a great thing for yeah, us and yeah. it'll be
2: some Hollywood movie about the fucking the kid podcast that, wars. that went you know the, the the guy who became the greaser the arm became the social they no, used no, to no, grow no, up totally. together and we could talk about how we hate each other then but for now I think at, we all like each other. We work well together. And I just like. Yeah. And everyone comes from
1: such a similar pool of, of talent. talent. I mean, yeah. yeah it, it's, and we
2: we wouldn't be able to survive if we didn't all work on each other's shows.
1: No, absolutely not. Like, I just, I uh, I, I teched a show of um Jensen Carp to the show called Get Up yeah, On yeah. This. And Paul Shearer Shear Shear was on it, on it. Yeah. And Jensen's been on How Did This Get Made. Yep. So everything, you know what I mean? I yeah. was on your show, Wolf then. Yep. They're unbagged and boarded. How did this get made? Is, is, uh, one of my favorite podcasts on the internet. Too.
2: I love that show. Yeah.
1: Now, I'm a, I was a huge UCB guy back in the day. So, like, I already knew the genius of Manzucas. Right. And, and and, Sheer and, yeah. and June. But, like, how did that come, that specific one come about? Cause that kind of blew up recently with the Pat Oswald Punisher thing and Lenny Alexander, yep. right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. So basically what happened was we had talked to Paul and Rob Hubel about doing a show together. And they kicked around a couple different ideas and it became one of those, I'm sure you know exactly what I'm talking about. One of those scheduling nightmares where it was one of them always had to cancel at the last second on the other one before something could come together to actually work on it. No, yeah, of course. And I think finally at one point Scott was like, or uh, Paul was like, well, I have this other idea that is with Jason and June that might be easier. Like their schedules are less difficult right now than, than Rob's is. Um, so let's let's try that. <clears throat> Excuse me. And they recorded a pilot episode that was like an hour. the 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 pilot episode was longer than the movie that they discussed. <laughs> yeah. It was old dogs, and I think it was an hour and thirty five minutes. And like the movie was only an hour and thirty two minutes. That's awesome. And uh, you know, we gave some notes about just kind of how to make it shorter. And, and now their shows are between like thirty and forty minutes. Uh, which I think is a perfect length for that because they're not comment
1: they're not meant to be commentary like a riff track sort of thing. Exactly. Which it would if it's longer than the actual movie, exactly, you run that yeah. risk. Um, and and so let's talk. I mean, and you have some new shows on the network like uh, Matt Besser's show just kind of they just left.
2: They you just missed them. Oh, right on. Um, That's Improv
1: for Humans. Yes. How did that come about? For those listening who don't know, Besser is one of the original founders of the UCB. Right.
2: Um, and, yeah, he's kind of known as one of the best improvisers in the world. And basically, that was the only example. You know, I said we don't cast shows. That was not true for the Earwolf Challenge. Okay. And basically, I was talking to different comedians trying to figure out who would make the best host for that show. And I approached Besser. And he agreed to do the show. And during that process, I think he really started to enjoy podcasting. He, uh, I think, <laughs> he hasn't said this to me, but I think he enjoyed working with us. Well, because
1: they had tried, he had tried, they had tried to do a UCB, they tried to podcast Hat, And like, I'm, yeah. I, I owe UCB like more than most of things in my life, but like, motherfucker, get a mic set up, right? right. Like, it was, <laughs> it was kind of unlistenable. And I've spoken on that and other shit. And I, I, I love UCB, but yeah. It's, it's the, the, the technology is people forget how important and how weird and like specific, like you you didn't ever think you'd be an expert on like wires and fucking mixers and shit, right? Well, and I'm
2: not. Are you not? That's what, Uh, oh, you lucky
1: bastard. Yeah. I got a a briefcase (laughs) in my car with tons of wires. I don't know what they do. Right. Um, but how did you, like you, it was such a quick crash course for you within 18 months. You guys have, uh, how many shows on the network now in total?
2: I think if you include like Mike Detective, which is on hiatus, and like
1: uh, Analyze Fish, which Analyze for a fish, fish fan is like the greatest fuck, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I
2: think we have twenty or twenty-one now.
1: In eighteen months it's pretty pretty impressive, dude. How did how did that crash course initially happen? When you said I want to find out what a podcast is, what did you specifically do in those two weeks? I
2: looked at who else was doing it, um, you know how how they were distributed, who was listening to them, what they had to say about it, um, just painted listening. I literally listening to the shows and then listening to the people online and what they had to say about it. Um, and like I said, it just seemed like there was there was a hole. Uh, again, it's what we're we're all now have come to a similar place where it's like at the end of the day, there's all these people who are super talented who don't want to understand the first thing about building a website. They don't want to have to spend their own money on renting a studio. They don't necessarily want to do it in their apartment. They don't want to have to worry about GarageBand or Pro Tools or any of that that that. stuff. They just
1: want to be able to come and sit down and talk. They want to perform.
2: And so I was like, the problem is, is that you have this huge audience that's starving for great content. And you have all these people who have the means and the ability to provide that content. But no one's facilitating and doing the hard work that needs to be done to match the the artist up with the listeners. Absolutely.
1: And that's why I think I I think people definitely dig uh our conversation because I think our stories parallel in a lot of right. ways of how we got into this. You had the sixteen page proposal letter to right. Scott. I had like the fuck like, I'm a stoner, so I had like the five page proposal letter to Kevin, but he's a stoner too, so it worked. Right. Out. <laughs> and then it was it was our concept was the smodcast was just giving people a place to play right. with a podcast because you yeah. couldn't get booked in a big theater at that point. Exactly. No one knew what a podcast was. <laughs> Kevin had done shows at like The Improv and The Laugh Factory, but they were few and far between and it wasn't our house. You know what right, I mean? Right. So I uh I definitely think it's 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 I don't wanna take like make or call us the heroes of podcasting right, or anything, right. but it's it's an initiative. It's the fact that we didn't just say, oh, we'll just fucking talk into a microphone like everyone else. Right. That took the networks a step above in their resp- – you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Now, what what do you think the future holds for podcasting? That's the scary part, dude. I – I don't know if it's scary or exciting or what because we're literally at a point I, – I tweeted a joke the other day – uh in, by the year two thousand and fifteen, everyone will have a podcast and a dirigible Jules Verne drunk on absence. but it's almost true well, eardrop do you know what eardrop yeah is? do you know the new version? no what's um where you can it's a, it's a um you can record a uh, audio
2: through through your app through on your, your phone your phone because you and got, and you guys
1: also have the earwolf app and i should we should mention yeah.
2: But, uh, yeah, but there's a new, it's not public yet. We've only had it go out to some of our. Paul Shear was
1: telling me about it. You, you emailed yeah, me yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. We, oh, we were, right, talking, right, we were yeah. talking about get up on this actually off oh, air. Right. Me, Paul and Jensen were talking about cool. it. Cool. Yeah yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. Jensen's going to do it too, I think. Um, basically anybody can leave a message, an audio message to all their Twitter followers instantaneously. So everybody will like literally early December, everyone will be able to have a podcast and we can, de- we can decide how long we want to give. So like, People who we know that maybe can't do an actual podcast, oh, we'll give them like up to ten minutes instead of the thirty seconds that would so be. That's pretty,
1: so it gives everyone the chance, no matter where they are, to get yes. audio get recorded for the for distribution on yes, the internet.
2: Exactly. So I think the future of podcasting, and this won't make me popular, is is everything but podcasting. I think. The podcasting piece has to remain, and the quality of content still has to be good, and we all have to even get better and better at adopting new technology to make everything sound well. Um, I think there's going to be big breakthrough at some point where one or all of us are going to have to make an investment in the connections so that people can have really high-quality shows without being in the same room. Which we're, which we're all in a disadvantage exactly right and
1: i think over at sir they they put like some crazy phone line in ISDN so they're, they're yeah probably, something yeah. like that they're working on it but like yeah i right now i have to I, you skype in through a cell phone thing you yeah know what i
2: mean it's hard to to really compete on quality but i think it's all it's gonna then be about um the how how to create derivative content from the podcast itself so the podcast is fun it's easy. I mean, you know what I mean? I don't it's, mean easy, it, but, but... it's people talking to a fucking microphone. It's not and you press the same record. as going to do a, shoot a movie for six months.
1: And, the, and, like, and you, we can say it's not easy, but every time I've ever done a first podcast with someone, the first thing they always say is, oh, that was easy. Right. Like, no yeah, yeah. no one has any idea. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I think it's going to end up being how do we take shows that we can make successful as a podcast and take it to another audience in a different medium? Because I don't think... All of a sudden, one day, people are going to suddenly be like, oh yeah, everyone in the whole fucking world is listening to 25. I podcasts. think.
1: Exactly. Like we've talked about a, a general audience before, like a giant pool of number, as it were. Right. I don't know that it'll grow, it'll grow, but who knows how exponentially. You know what I mean? We might be towards the peak, or right. the cap of podcast listeners. Right. I don't know if that's necessarily true right now, but there will definitely be a time. Right? Well, and
2: the other thing, man, that I think is that. You know, it is audio only, which has both benefits and, and drawbacks. But at the end of the day, you know, there's a reason why people love to go see movies is because it's, a, it's it. a rich you know, and it's also though the sound though. It's a, it's the whole thing makes for a greater entertainment experience in certain ways. Now podcasting has the benefit of essentially being a soundtrack to your life. You know, you're walking around, you know, you're listening to whoever's show while you're dodging the crackheads and that relationship (laughs) makes you stronger than with the people you're listening to than you would ever feel to george clooney because you saw him in a movie
1: which is really interesting you said that because i've been doing this thing recently where if i go to an amusement park i listen to podcasts while i'm riding roller coasters and it's the weirdest anti right while you're going upside down to hear people just kind of talking in a mellow voice yeah yeah. it's trippy and it's kind of makes the ride more awesome right Puts your headspace into a weird so yeah I definitely get that shared experience thing of, of right. anyone talking into your brain while you're going through something either fun or sad or something. It's like you have constant friends on your shoulders, as it right, were. Right, right. Um, so you think the audio will, will feed the other things? You think we'll always have podcasts as we have it right now, iTunes release or whatever, however you get them, uh, plug in your iPhone, walk down the block with your dog, listen to a show?
2: I do. I I really think it's going to be kind of one of those things where if... Like, let's say you take Earwolf and we have 20 shows. We only need one of those to then get picked up by any type of major media that then allows us to pay to run the other 19 Free of concern Absolutely. about how to monetize it. Which the, then keeps it as as much integrity as possible.
1: And 'cause I and we don't and I and I know I don't specifically really talk about the business of podcasting uh so much on this show, so people might not know and I think it's something that gets overlooked by a lot of folks, but it costs money to host podcasts. It does. It and does. and like the bigger the, sh- the more popular the show, the more it costs and the more shows. Yep. So it, it like it's 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 free for people to listen to, but it's not free for us to do. No, you know? It yeah, yeah, yeah. Is not. So I get what you mean. There's got, like, like the Hardwick model. I mean, Nerdist had the TV, had TV show go, right? Right. Well, I, I know that they had a pilot. They ordered co- the pilot. I don't, I don't know if it actually, if, yeah, if they picked it up know, or yeah. whatever, but that's just, or, or I know Marin's, uh, I've listened to Marin show and he has like a, a sitcom pilot he's been talking about for yeah, a while. Yeah.
2: And we recorded a pilot with IFC for Comedy Bang Bang.
1: That's awesome. Just to get podcasting because then when people will know. Because that's the one the probably the most annoying thing about podcasting is explaining what a fucking podcast is. is. Still. I know. What's your go to?
2: I don't even I don't know (laughs) anymore. It keeps changing. I what I bitch about, like I just had Paul Shear on the Wolf Den the other day. And what I said to him, and I've said this before, I'm kind of a broken record though, is that you know you got the word podcast, which seems kind of old and antiquated, and a relic of something that failed in two thousand and six. Then you have the word download, which requires uh or has a sense of like uh, something could go wrong and I have to have an expertise to figure out how My to parents, do this. yes. When
1: you say download, they freak out. They freak out. out. Yeah. It seems hard they and confusing and, yeah. and,
2: and all this stuff. So that's the problem word number two. And then the third evil access of the words is subscription, which implies either a financial commitment or even just an emotional commitment to something that you don't necessarily want to commit to right now. Those three words, I think, are really holding us back. Um, more so than everybody talks about the car I think a lot of people, you know, are using these things in their cars anyway. Totally, I, I'm, I'm I, holding up my iPhone again. Guys. I go
1: to, I listen to podcasts all the time in my car. You just have most, right. most, most of the major podcasts or the networks have playable, embeddable stuff on their websites. Exactly. So you could, yeah, you can play it in your car. I mean, so
2: yeah, so I do think that uh, it's hard to explain what a podcast is. Um, people, they don't. They I go don't
1: get it. I go for on-demand radio show. That's that's good. On that, the that, internet, that's, like a radio show, you can right. listen to anytime you want. Is the right. one way, but it's not at all, obviously.
2: I say just comedy shows mostly. Like I don't even use the word podcast at all or even insinuate radio or even <laughs> insinuate audio. <laughs> you don't audio. want to scare people. I'm just I mean, like, yeah, yeah, we do, we do comedy shows with, you know, Zach Galifianakis, Sarah Silverman. Do
1: you think there is something pure to the audio only aspect though in that theater of Absolutely. the mind type thing? And yeah. that's why it kind of succeeded like it did. Yes. I think, yeah. And I think
2: that's what's going to keep it around. And that's why I don't, I want to make it really clear to your listeners that I am not aspiring to say, well, fuck podcasting. Let's use this as a launching point to start a movie studio. What I'm saying is that it you need to get the content to graduate to that point where it can now be pitched to the, the best artists in the world and say, look, this isn't going to only be audio. It's possible you could get a TV show out of it. It's possible this could become a movie. And that's going to open the floodgates of even more talented people who don't see it as a waste of their time, and
1: I don't think fans would fault you with that because it's really just extending the community that they already love. You know what I mean? Right. I think most podcast fans feel like they're part of a community. They they talk to each other on Twitter. They're on. Yeah, but they don't
2: always want other people to find no, out it's, it's about. No, it's very. Their... It, but
1: it's like, guys, we need other people to find out. about know. A way, it, you know. I know. It is that. It is that rough thing. Um, has there ever been a show that like you wanted to do but, but just couldn't? Either couldn't pull off or didn't think content wise it was. Was okay, or you know uh, what I mean? Like, I,
2: I I wish I had something off the top of my head. Um, I mean, I'll tell you right now, music. Like, I would love to do a music show, but between the licensing, that's and the, an, that's
1: become a nightmare over a nightmare. here nightmare. recently with the live shows because it's it's a royalty free stuff. Right? Uh, there's what what do you think the solution for that is?
2: I mean the solution would be to me it's gotta be go big. Like you'd have to actually essentially become a radio station and, and have for, and, and have and be able to pay, for, able the to pay yeah. for what is it, two hundred and fifty grand for the um, Ask cap license, I think
1: it is, or something like that. Uh, like the birthday song is like fucking, fi- you know yeah, what I, I mean? Know, like everything costs money. Yeah, it's crazy. But I
2: mean, I don't know about your situation or the whole thing, but like two hundred fifty thousand dollars for us would mean, like, I mean, I don't it's think any podcast of. I,
1: that's un- I don't, I, it's out of principle. Out of principle, the, it's cr- it's fucking. We insane.
2: couldn't we couldn't exist for three weeks if we, yeah. had, if <laughs> just, we had just to, to be buy able that. to
1: play like REM records and yeah. shit. Doesn't really seem worth it.
2: So I think that the thing is is going to be going after the independents that aren't even. On independent late, like independence, and and then that's not going to be a pure mute. Like then you're constrained to the people who can give you permission. Because here's the thing that people don't realize: Weird Al Yankovic was on Scarborough Country. He was in here yesterday. Weird Al can let you play his song. While he's sitting here on that computer on your podcast and cheer you on and give you all the permission and sign
1: every piece but of he paper, he has nothing to do. With he it.
2: doesn't have any fucking thing to I do know. with it. So and this isn't about your friends letting totally. you play their and shit. And the thing
1: is, I have I have a show called Midnight Now. I do a live show yes. every week on the network, and uh, and we get royalty free music. But the thing is, well, like I meet a musician and he's like, "Dude, play whatever you want." And it's like, "Yeah." Does your record company? Right. Uh, yeah. You, you kind of just have to take it on faith, which is scary. You know what I mean? I know. It's always that. Like, yeah, well, I'd love you to play your music, but there's publishing and there's this and there's. like the business side to podcasting is definitely there and I think people listening to it hardly ever see it or or think about it you know what
2: I mean and bless them for not and having to And not, yeah, to, not to ma- not
1: to make it fucking horrible and boring because that's what right. it is. But but right. I just think people would appreciate the amount of work and this weird little niche world we live in. Right. Yes. And That's why I definitely uh, I definitely appreciate you coming on, man. Oh, thanks and for chatting having with me. us. Anything coming up for Earwolf Big? You want to talk about any? You know, just honestly, new stuff. Eardrop. And Eardrop. We,
2: and, and, and Galmania. Sh- we had the first episode came out
1: of Galman. Is that Brett Elman? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. on
2: Earwolf Presents now. And- <laughs> Second episode will be out in a couple weeks as its own show. Um, and we got a couple other shows that I, I don't have don't, the signatures yet, so I can't right talk on. about. Right on, but
1: but everyone definitely look out for uh, all those coming up. And if you want to follow, uh, and you've got a show you host about the business of podcasting. Yes,
2: it's called The Wolf Den, and uh, yeah, it's basically about the business of podcasting, new media, digital content.
1: So if you enjoyed our chat here today, head on over there and hear me say it again for more. Yeah, here I'm us, a one trick pony. L- hear us literally <laughs> yeah, saying it again a few Matt months was ago. was my show. Fucking deja vu. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jeff, thank you so much, brother. Thank you I really so much, appreciate man. It alright everybody and uh, that's it for the, another edition of Bagged and Boarded uh, I thank you I appreciate it if, here's a tip if you want to get into the business of podcasting 15 page proposals that's basically it find a famous person and just send them a fucking really long letter thanks folks I'll see you next time wasn't that cool guys I mean uh, I want to thank Jeff for uh, taking the time out of his very busy schedule and letting me uh, come set up over at Earwolf to to chat about the business of podcasting um, I think it's really interesting, guys. You know, it's 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 one of those things that uh, everyone knows about, but no one kind of everyone knows about, but no one knows about. You know what I mean? And and if I made it um boring in any way, that that like once you know about how movies are made, a lot of people say you can't suspend disbelief. I, that's the same way with a podcast. I apologize, but like. Not really much to disbelieve in this there's no dragons on my podcast. I wish. I've been trying to integrate dragons since day one. It's not gonna happen. So um but big thanks to Jeff and all the folks over at Earwolf. Uh check out their pods. Tons of fun stuff on iTunes. You can check out Earwolf.com and they got their app going. And the new eardrop thing, which is which is totally separate from their podcasting, and a really cool, unique kind of it it's almost like audio social networking, you know? So definitely check that out if you get a chance. And follow them on Twitter and all that fun stuff. Jeff's at Earwolf. And uh f- me, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you're asking? Well, that's easy, folks. It's at Camel Toad. C-A-M-E-L-T-O-A-D. Like a camel and a toad. Not like tight sweatpants. Which I've been asked a lot. It could be a camel and a toad in tight sweatpants. Like it could be cold out. Or they could be fashionable wherever that camel and toad lives. But no, it's not about that. It's about a camel and a toad. Just being friends living together in the big city. Uh, and you can find me there. As always, please check out the other podcasts from the Smodcast Network and uh, Smodcast Internet Radio. Like I said, I have a live show every Saturday night, midnight Eastern time, 9 p.m. Pacific. It's called Smidnight. You can find it at Smodcast.com or in the iTunes section of iTunes. Let's check. Maybe that might be podcast section. Let me check back. It might be iTunes section of iTunes. It might be podcast section. I'll have to... Double check on that. So don't take my word for it. But it's there somewhere, you know. Um speaking of midnight, speaking of bagged and boarded, speaking of anything, if you folks ever want to uh get in touch with me, send a uh some fan mail, some hate mail, nudes, never nudes, which is just like so much clothing, like eight layers. Uh you can do that. It's Matt at smodcast.com. We also have a voicemail line, and if you leave a cool enough voicemail, we will uh play it on the show, and that number is 323 Bus July. And if you listen to Smidnight, you'll know because it's hot like a motherfucking bus in July. Um I've got a lot of shit coming up personally. We're going to be talking about in the near future comic book project and uh some other really cool uh things some video content I'm going to be putting out. But other than that folks, honestly, uh I want to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving unless you're not American in that case, I don't know what I want to fucking wish. You. No, uh happy happy holiday season to all. I hope you all enjoy and um eat Turkey to your heart's delight. I'll be eating at a Jewish deli because I like to play into stereotypes. And I'm not even joking. I'm flying like 3,000 miles to have a heart salami sandwich on fucking Thanksgiving. And I am ecstatic, folks. Knishes, knishes, knishes. That's what I'm getting into. Um, but we'll talk, we'll talk. Guys, we'll talk in a few weeks, you know? We'll give it, let, let you, let you digest a little bit from all, from all that good cranberry stuffing goodness. I'm sure there's some kind of cranberry stuffing. I'm, again, I'm eating at a Jewish deli, so I'm not the expert. On Thanksgiving foods. But we'll chat soon, gang. We'll chat soon. And you know what? Hey, dreams are just mind butterflies on the migratory route of your soul. I'm Matt Cohen, it's been bagged and boarded, it's been real. What? Bagged and boarded. Live. <laughs>
0: Find more funny shit like this at smodcast.com.